uh, Pastor Miguel Ten uh, from Springfield, Ohio. Uh, he's here with us today. He came a long way just to be here at Winner's Church. <laughs> no, no. Actually, we, we uh, got to meet with him today. He came to visit with us, and we were glad that he uh, uh, came, and, and uh, we got to hang out for lunch. And uh, he had never been in a Tesla, so the ride from the hotel to here, which was just down the expressway, was, it was a good one. I didn't punch it on him, so going back, we'll stick him in the feet, you know. Uh, <clears throat> but anyhow, Mike, Miguel, this is our, uh, our uh, Bible study day, so we're, we've been studying on uh, the gifts and the ministries of the Holy Spirit, uh, not necessarily out of this book. Although I, I didn't know when I named this series, uh, The Gifts and the Ministries of the Holy Spirit, that Lester Summerall had written a book uh, called The Gifts and the Ministries of the Holy Spirit. I, I should have known, you know. But uh, we have been able to find some things in this book that are very helpful. And so we may uh, talk a little bit about these things, uh, some more about these things. Uh, Tyler uh, brought the word last week. How many of you enjoyed uh, what Tyler brought? Um, I know that he uh, um, he and I went over. We we made an outline, and um, so I know the things that, or at least I think I'm familiar with the things that he uh, talked about. Is our Wi-Fi acting uh, wacky? No, no, that's just slow. It's because it's Cox Cable. Amen. 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 It's Brother Ted. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, uh, Tyler, you you made it all the way to categories. Is that right? So you you did cover uh, able ministers. Um, let me let me ask you: how, how many of you were here last week? Uh, what 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 Tyler brought? Um, what did you guys think of? Did you were you? Um, were you able? Were you all able to? Um, uh, let me let me just let me just uh, let's just start here. Let's pray. Let's pray first, and then we'll jump in. Uh, Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to come together, study your word, Lord. It's our prayer that your Spirit will have complete control in this place, Lord. Let your hand rest upon mightily upon each and every individual that's here, Lord. Let your anointing be manifested. Let your Spirit be manifested in this place, God. May we declare the, uh, the very words of God. May we be the oracles of God here today, uh, declaring, Lord, only what you say. And may, may, faith, may faith arise. Lord, your word declares faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so we're believing that our faith is going to be encouraged today, that we're going to increase in faith, that we're going to grow, uh, that we're going to be great in faith, that our faith is going to be large like Abraham's. And that we are not going to stagger under the weight of the promises and of the declarations that you make to us. But Lord, we're going to be strong in faith and we're going to trust that you're going to do, uh, that you're going to watch over your word to perform it. That you're going to see to it that it, no, no word returns void, but it'll accomplish all that it was set out to do. And Lord, we know that you're going to confirm your word by the demonstration of the power of your spirit. And so may each one of us, Lord, be yielded to you. Uh, and yielded to the Spirit that He might be made manifested among us in the name of Jesus. And Father, we'll forever give you the glory. It's not our desire, Lord, 
uh, for him to manifest so we can appoint and say, ooh, look, look what we did. But Lord, we want him to be manifested in order that we might be edified, in order that your kingdom may come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. May it be with us like it was with Jesus. Everywhere we go, let it be heaven on earth, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody that believed it said amen. amen. All right, praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, this mic may still be just a tad hot, Joe. Um, but uh, anyhow, let's, let's, let's jump in with uh, something that we... <laughs> hey, Nikki, Melody, y'all slipped in on me, didn't you? Praise the Lord. Was there anybody out in the parking lot laid out? Because they're not in here, and I'm wondering where they're at. Uh, someone sent out a text, asked everybody where they're at. But anyway, um, let's, let's cover a little bit what, of some of what um, uh, Tyler already covered. I want to talk about able ministers, because um, the, let me, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. let me read a part of what, uh, one of the last things Tyler uh, told y'all. It's the fact that God is willing at this time to pour out his spirit upon all flesh makes makes our study of the holy spirit and his gifts imperative we we're at a moment when more than ever before in history in the history of man the power of the holy spirit is being poured out uh, i don't want i don't want to be left in a dry corner i want to be i want to be standing right in the middle of the deluge i want the blessing of god in its fullness i want to be in the middle of the spout where the glory comes out these are the words of lester summerall uh, speaking of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Amen. John chapter 16, verse 13. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit definitely does is he gives us revelation of what's coming. And I know that's hard for some people to fathom, that the Spirit of God would reveal the future, but he does. Amen. He's not a predictor of the future. He's a revealer of the future. You know, God doesn't do any predicting whatsoever. When, and when prophets speak, that's what you need. Is when a prophet speaks, they're not speaking. Uh, uh, they're not. They're not giving predictions. I know that's the way it seemed during the presidential election when everybody was predicting this and predicting. That's not what prophecy is. Prophecy is God declaring to man what His word, what His will is. And so His word. How many of you know God's word is His will? Anytime you hear the word of God, that's the will of God. Amen. Amen. There's no ambiguity about it. The word of God is the will of God. They are one and the same. So when you hear a word from God, then you can assume that that's the will of God. Now let me ask you a question. Does God always get what he wants? Does God always get what he wants? It's a, it's a trick question. Yes. <clears throat> hmm? he, amen. So let me ask you a question. Everything that God says about you, will it for sure come to pass? Why not? Be, be, because because God because the because God's word working in our lives is dependent on our obedience, on our participation, on our willingness to conform to His word. And so we can't just take and say that if we hear a word from God, it's a settled thing. God's word is his will. And we need to, we need to, boy, I'm, I'm going to help you all right here. Because um, there's a lot of people that are like, well, if it's God's will. No, listen, it, there's lots of things that were God's, God's will. For example, it was God's will that Israel not have a king. 
But Israel wanted a king. And so what did they do? They prayed and they begged God for a king. And what ended up happening? God gave them a king. It was Saul. It was not the perfect will of God for Israel to have a king. But because they wanted a king, he gave them a king, king and they got Saul. It was God's will for them to have a David. But they got a Saul because they got what they uh, wanted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that, that isn't what God wanted. That wasn't, that wasn't the will of the Lord. And so as Christians, we, we, get, we begin to become presumptuous uh, when we think that we hear, for example, these, uh, when, the, when, the, when the prophets were declaring that Trump would be president for a second uh, term and all these things, it, it was presumptuous to think that because it was prophesied that it would happen. I just, I just want you to set I want that to settle in your heart. Because some people are like, see there, that, they're false prophets. No, the New, the New Testament defines what a false prophet is. A false prophet is someone who intentionally misleads the sheep uh, uh, for the purpose of separating them from the Lord. That's a, that's a false prophet, according to the New Testament. Uh, what was that? A false prophet, according to the New Testament, is, and Jesus was the one that said it, um, he said, in the last days, there'll come false prophets, and their desire will be to lead the sheep astray. And so a false prophet, that's, that's the intention of a false prophet and their prophecy, is to lead people away from Christ, to lead them away from a relationship with God, to, uh, to take them away from um, a personal, intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus. Now, if I prophesy about an election and I miss it, that, don't make, that doesn't necessarily make me a false prophet because I might have been prophesying the will of the Lord. And if it didn't come to pass, it didn't, it didn't mean that it wasn't God. I know, I know this is hard for some of you. So some of you are like, wait a minute. You're, you're, thinking, you're thinking about Old Testament prophets. You're like, well, in the Old Testament, didn't they stone prophets that missed it? Yes, and there's a reason why. Because uh, in the Old Testament, people were led by the prophets. In the New Testament, we're led by the Spirit. So we're not led by prophets in the New Testament. We're led by the Spirit. Prophets are just uh, uh, preachers and spokesmen, and we sometimes we'll, we'll get some revelation. We'll get some insight. The Lord will tell us His will. Uh, you know, even in the Old Testament, uh, J J uh, Jonah, he prophesied the destruction of, of, uh, uh, of what was the place called? Uh, Nineveh. Uh, I was going to say something about Gulliver's Travels or something. Anyway, but um, uh, so he prophesied the destruction of Nineveh. Was Nineveh destroyed? No. Why? Well, they, they repented in sackcloth and ashes. And because of their repentance, they changed the heart of God. And God didn't destroy. It was God's will to destroy them until they repented. Okay. And he changed his mind. Of course, Jonah was mad because he, he's like, Lord, you're making me look like a false prophet. And the Lord was like, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> way that it is. So, so the Spirit will show us things to come. That doesn't, that doesn't assure anyone that those things are going to happen. For example, if you got a prophecy and God gave you a word, if you had a vision, if an angel showed up and told you something, that's no guarantee that it's going to happen if you don't cooperate with heaven. 
So you've got to cooperate with the Lord. You've got to cooperate with the Spirit. And that's what Lester Sumrall is talking about here. We're living, we're living in the dispensation of grace and the dispensation of Holy Ghost baptism. And God is giving us an incredible opportunity to work, to be laborers together with him so that we can invite through the avenue of, of our lives and through, through the avenue of our being uh, the invasion of heaven on earth. What, what an incredible, listen, just, just to think about it, the thought is incredible. It's, <laughs> the, 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 for me, the thought of it is, it's, 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 uh, I have uh, spectacular thoughts about what that looks like because of what I've seen. But that's not what we're seeing manifested in the church. And, and it's because we've not, really, we've, not really, we've not really considered these things and taken these things to heart. And we've not really, as the body of Christ for the most part, have not really strived toward um, being those kinds of vessels unto the Lord for him to use in that manner. So you, you need to be. Am I, I know, any, do you have a question? Any questions about what I just said? Anyone have any questions about what I just said? Because I know I just said a mouthful and... I, I know there, there, are, there are people that want to fight me on Facebook when I, I, I mention something about this, and they're like, you're, you're acting like these prophets. We shouldn't listen to the prophets. Oh, no, you, know, you can listen to the prophets all you want to, but you, you shouldn't come to the conclusion that because they're telling you what the will of the Lord is, that God's will is going to be done. Because some people, even if they come to church every week, don't. How many of you believe it's God's will for you to come to church? Well, then where's, where's three quarters of our church? not doing the will of God. And you know what? They had a choice whether or not to come here. Yeah, they, well, I had something to do. Well, guess what? Every Wednesday from, from the time, probably from 2,000 years ago, every Wednesday people been having church. <laughs> Amen. It's, it's nothing new. <laughs> every Sunday when people don't come to church. Oh, I, you know, I, I wanted to come, but I had, you know, I had something to do. You knew it was coming. We've had church every Sunday for 10 years here at Winter's Church. For 10 years we've had every Sunday. So you, you've got to choose whether you're going to participate with the, what be the will of God. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes, Anna. <laughs> I think, can a word ever expire? God's, the Bible says he watches over his word to perform it. His word won't return void, but it'll accomplish all that it was set out to do. I, you know what, I can't, I can't see, I guess there, I guess there will come a time when, um, maybe you can go, go so far away from, uh, maybe like, uh, Esau, you know, Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of beans or that's what they say in Oklahoma, bowl of beans and a, and a, and a square of cornbread or <laughs> he didn't even get any fried potatoes, but anyhow, <laughs> there wasn't no, there wasn't no collard greens, no fried chicken. It's just a bowl of beans <laughs> and a crusty old piece of cornbread. <laughs> but anyhow, so Esau, the the Bible says, and here's the thing, is that Esau um, gave up his birthright, and there was time for repentance, according to the New Testament. But the Bible says that he waited so long that there was no more repentance and there was no opportunity for him to regain any kind of favor in his father's eyes and in the sight of the Lord. 
and he had allowed a root of bitterness uh, to come in him. So I think it is possible um, to, um, not that the word of God expires, but I think that we come to a point in our lives where we, uh, where we come to a point where we, uh, we're not able to uh, allow or we run out of time, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I do, th- not that, you know, God puts an expiration date on it, but um, there are certain things that I think that do have, they're constrained by time limits. For example, Donald Trump's going to serve a second term uh, consecutively. That, that expired. <laughs> yes, sir. Like just reveal to you what you're what you're going to do? Yeah, basically reveal something that he knows is going to happen and whether we are aware of our part in it or not, um, he knows what we're going to do and that it's going to happen. Yes, and I think he does do that. You know, um, one time I was uh, I was uh, in a meeting in um, Archibald, Ohio. And a friend of mine, who, in fact, was my, pa- my pastor, Pastor T, and Mrs. T, it was their son, uh, he had traveled with me uh, in the beginning of my ministry, helped me out, and um, he'd gone away from the Lord. And I, Ted and I, you know, went after him, tried to get him to surrender his heart to Jesus, and, and he kept running from the Lord. Um, so uh, somehow or another, someone got him to come to the meeting that we had in Archibald. And long story short, the Lord touched him in that meeting. He ended up falling out on the floor under the power of God. When he got up off the floor, he said, I feel like the Lord told me I'm supposed to go to Oklahoma with you. And I was like, no. <laughs> because I, I love Jake. You all have met Jake. He's, he was my friend. He's still my friend. He's my brother. But at that time, I, I, when I looked at Jake, I thought, I, w- I would love for you to come with me and come and help me because that's what he felt like the Lord told him. But I knew that he would have difficulty submitting to uh, my authority and submitting to uh, me in, in my, in my again, it's, it's not a thing of pride. It's just that there's order. Uh, this is, you know, I'm the head of this ministry. If you come, then that means you have to, you have to be a subordinate. You have to you have to uh, submit to authority. That's, and I knew because uh, he was there, when he, he was one of the people that was there when I got saved. He was one of the people that led me in the sinner's prayer. I just knew that he would, he would struggle with that. And I thought, Lord, that just seems like it would be trouble. Not so much for him, but for me, big time. And I don't need the trouble. And so I'm like, well, you know, I didn't hear that. Let me pray about it. And so... Um, I went and I prayed about it, and the Spirit, who knows things that are coming, uh, spoke to me and said, he heard from you, from me, and he's supposed to go back to Oklahoma with you, he's supposed to travel with you, and all these things. I was like, well, praise the Lord. So immediately, my assumption was, well, good, everything's going to be fine. And that's what I said in my prayer. I was like, well, praise the Lord, then everything will be fine. And the Lord spoke to me, he said, no, it's going to be terrible. 
He said there's going to come a point in time where you're going to, you're going to reach a place of contention and um, your relationship will splinter and for a period of time you won't even want uh, to talk to one another. And I was like, well, Lord, you know, he's telling me things to come. And I'm like, well, Lord, um, then why? If you know that this is going to happen, if you know that this is going to end bad, why allow it? You know, he told me, he said, because I have to give Jake an opportunity to do my will. And so, you know, we, we always say, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. And well, you know what? Guess what God was doing right then? He was using me. He was using me to give someone an opportunity to do his will. And I was going to end up having to bear the brunt of, number one, going into this knowing it's going to go in the ditch. Right. Number two, being the bigger person because I, you know, I knew how it would end up. Continuing to love, continuing to, you, you understand what I'm saying? And so Jake traveled with me for, for, a lo for a long period of time after that. And then there came a point in time where things splintered and our relationship became difficult. And he didn't speak to me for, uh, for a couple years, two and a half years, maybe you know, something like that, so longer than anyone should go without talking to someone who is a friend or a brother. And, um, but eventually, we, we came back together, and we, we talked, and, um, and, I, and I told him, I said, you know, it was, it's something that I knew w would come. But I know what the will of God is. You know, if, 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 if God had, and, it, you know, Jake would, uh, he would beg to differ, I'm sure. I'm positive of it. But, you know, if, 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 uh, if God had had his way about it, Jake would probably be uh, pastoring a South Oklahoma City oh, campus hey. of Winner's Church. Boy, that's to be to be honest with you, oh, I, hey. I I don't believe it was God's. We don't I don't ever I don't think it was ever God's will for him to to just depart in that way. I I really believe that God had a plan for him, and still there there have been opportunities. You talk oh, about hey. expiration dates. Yeah. There was an opportunity for Jake to come and to be a part of this yeah. church. Yeah. Didn't happen for the same reasons. All the other things happen. It's just one of those things. God has his will. He has his desire. He has his way. And if we'll submit to his will, even though we don't think it's good for us, even though we cringe at the thought of doing it, we've got to be willing to do what he says. Carolyn, did you have a question? Yeah. Um, so, because I was thinking about the, the scripture where he says he redeems the time. But the more and more, as you were explaining it, it seems like it's more of a heart on our part in aligning our, basically the teaching, aligning our natural to fit the supernatural. Right. So it's, so I guess my question is, God is such a faithful God, just knowing his character. He'll never, I feel like he'll never, he will always give us an opportunity because you know, he loves us, and he does know our future. But there comes a point in time to where I feel like that as he keeps striving with you, and then, you know, your heart get bitter to where you don't ever respond to God. I, and does that make sense? That uh, we could get so hardened? Yes, yes. And so is, could that be the problem to where you don't really finish your course as God would want it to be because yes. we're not 
there's times of obedience, then there's times of no obedience. There's times of submitting, and then there's times where we just give up and grow weary. Yeah, I think we do. There, we, we open up a door like Esau, and that root of bitterness got in. And when that root of bitterness gets in, you become calloused in your spirit. You start to become spiritually dull. Um, remember when we were going through bait of Satan? Yeah. Uh, you know, some, some of us, and, and you need to understand this, some of you, you know, you're like, man, I hadn't really felt the presence of God in a long time. And some people, they want to blame the church they're at. So they go to another church. And in the honeymoon phase of the other church, you feel real good. But, it, you know, what, you, what some of us call the presence of God in anything more than just an emotional kind of thing, which, you know, I understand. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to um, say that that's necessarily negative. But sometimes what, what gets us out of his presence is the fact that we start allowing a root of bitterness to grow in us. We uh, either, you know, we've had ought or we have some sort of unforgiveness or we, uh, we, we become callous, calloused in our, uh, because we uh, rejected the word and the will of God in some area of our life. And then, you know, we come to a place where uh, we're, we realize how far away we've gotten from uh, what, his, what his plan was, what his will was. And uh, then that can become discouraging because it's like, how will I ever get back to that place? But God's word is God's word. It's his, it's his will. And if we'll trust him, if we'll believe him, no matter what. You know, God can make, God can make things happen quick. The time, can, the time can be redeemed. And uh, we've just got to know that uh, there does come a point in time in our lives where we have less time you know, I'm, I'm on the other end of my life now. Uh, I, I am, um, I don't know, maybe top of the hill. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm closer to dead than I am to, you, you understand? I'm, I'm, I'm closer to death now than uh, I am to, I've lived, I've lived more than what I'm going to live probably in the future. Um, unless I live to be the age of my great-grandfather who was, uh, died when he was 120. I know there's some people like, he did not. I, I remember I told people at school that he's a Puerto Rico. Uh, my great-grandfather's Puerto Rican. And uh, people were, I remember it was a third, third, second or third grade. I told them that. And they were like, you're a liar. That's, the world record is this. And you're a liar. And I, uh, anyway, I brought his death certificate to a school. And on there it said he died at 120. <laughs> I walked around proud all day. <laughs> Any other questions? Does that, does, now, the, the reason I brought that up is because, we're, again, we're living in the dispensation of the Spirit and the dispensation of grace. There's so much favor on y'all. There's so, there's so much of God's favor on you. There's absolutely, you realize there's absolutely nothing that God can't do through you if you let him. Okay. Amen. You say, well, 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 let it happen, Lord. But that's not how it happens by giving that's, that's like jumping in a pool you never learned how to swim and saying, let it happen, Lord. No, you know, we, we, we have to be instructed and we have to, you know, we have to go through that, that time. And we're, we, we've had that around here. And now we've got to get to that point where we're expecting, where we, where we push a little bit, where we're, where, where we're a bit more aggressive, where we get in the face of God and we're like, Lord, I, I think I'm ready for something. Just do something, you know, anything, God, and, and then be ready to jump on it so that we can kickstart what, what God really wants to have take place 
uh, by the Spirit in his church. Amen. Amen. So one of the functions of the Spirit is to bring um, to our hearts revelation of the future. If we need to know things that are to come to pass and the ways in which they'll come to pass, uh, the Holy Spirit is the one to reveal them. We need, we need not go to a fortune teller or astrologer. We can go directly to the Spirit. Uh, we have a prophecy from our Lord and Savior that the Holy Spirit will be the one sh to show us things that are coming. The Holy Spirit's our guide into all truth, the revealer of things to come. The Spirit is living in his own uh, dispensation today, separate from the previous dispensation in, uh, dispensations in God's dealing with men. The dispensation of innocence, the dispensation of, of conscience, uh, the dispensation of human government, the dispensation of promise, uh, and the dispensation of the law. We're now living in the dispensation of grace of the Holy Spirit, and while living in his own dispensation with him, we can expect his movements to be greater than ever before. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, we think that the greatest miracles that ever happened were in the Old Testament. My God, he's waiting to do the greater. Now, that's, that's why Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Because this is a, this, we're really living in the time of greater. You, you can't let your eyes lie to you in present circumstances. Listen, the church is in such a bad way in the United States of America today. Uh, there, is such, there is such a departure from the truth of, of the word of God. I, I, had a conversation with, um, I had a conversation with one of our members yesterday and they were they had they were having discussions with someone about mask wearing and about you know uh government you know mandates and and all these things listen i i know some of you don't believe me when i say this because of the way that i approach this subject i am not against mask wearing if you want to wear a mask you wear a mask to your heart's content wear 10 of them i don't care <laughs> some, some people some people think it's a, a, an issue of masks or no mask for me uh, or you know uh and then they get confused because during the pandemic you know when when we were when in the beginning whenever they started uh, having these mandates and all this we uh oh boy i'm getting into something here um <laughs> um you you all know that i began to uh, get on Facebook and talk about uh, protecting our freedoms as uh, Americans and how that um, the government was intruding on some of our rights, especially as it pertained to us as the church. The government had no authority to shut churches down. That, that was beyond the scope of their authority. It was beyond the Constitution of the United States of America. And I felt like, listen, listen, listen to me so that if there's any, uh, if there's any misunderstanding, you'll understand me today. Um, I yeah, I knew there was a, a, I knew COVID was real. I wasn't in denial of COVID, but I didn't, I didn't think that we should give up our rights as believers to gather together uh, to worship under the same roof because of COVID. And some people said, well, wait a minute, it's a pandemic. You're, you're putting people's lives in danger. I've been putting people's lives in danger for years just by calling them to serve God. You know, the, have y'all read your Bibles? Have you read your Bible? Lately? 
turn in the scripture with me. I know we're, we're, we're getting a little here. Go, go to Romans. See, when I get out of the book, then we're in trouble. Romans, Romans 8, Romans 8, Romans 8, Romans 8. <laughs> Glory. Glory. Romans 8 is a good, a good lesson, brother. My favorite chapter, my most favorite chapter in the Bible, which when we read it, you'll understand why. You, a, lot of, a lot of the thoughts that I have, uh, you're, uh, you're, we're going to read this scripture together. You're going to be like, oh, that's why pastors, that's why he's, oh, oh. You're going to be like, oh, I never even thought of it because we don't. We don't think about it until we really read it and we see it. But so for me, the, the, the whole thing about um, uh, ma masks, I didn't want to wear a mask because I'm fat and I already have trouble breathing. It didn't. It didn't have nothing. Listen, it didn't have nothing. So they're trying to control. Yeah, yeah. You know, no duh. Yes, they are. But did I think you know mask wearing was uh, gonna be gonna send me to hell? That I I needed really no. You know, I, I'm I'm uh, I didn't want to wear a mask because I I didn't like it. You know, uh, was it gonna keep me out of my favorite restaurant? No, I'd put it on to walk to the chair. You understand? I put it on, walk to the chair to take it off and eat. You know. <laughs> But given, given the option, I'm not going to wear one. You can wear one all you want. You say, but you're putting me in danger. No, I'm not. You don't have to get close. You come in here in a mask. You can, we, can put a, we can have a mask section if you want. We can put up some plexiglass. I mean, if you think that'll help. I personally think it's a waste. But, I mean, if that would make you feel better. We can, we can, we, minute Gabe leaves the drum cage. We'll put, put, up, put a couple chairs in there, close it up. I don't care. I mean, if it makes you feel better. <laughs> the, other, the other reason why I don't, didn't want to wear a mask and, uh, is because um, that doesn't help my faith. That doesn't really help my faith. And um, I believe that we need to get radical in our faith. Now some people are like, well, you need to use wisdom. Well, whose wisdom? Yours? The wisdom of the CDC? The wisdom of scientists? Who, number one, don't know anything about the disease, admittedly. Don't have a cure for it. They're guessing. They're putting stuff into people's bodies that I'm not... Now listen, if you want to take the... Again, if you want to take the vaccine, that's okay. I, you have more faith in the government and in, in, in the... the if, if, if you trust science that much, go for it. I, I don't. And I don't like getting stuck with needles anyhow. So I don't really uh, take a lot of medicine. But see, that's, that's again, that's my thought is that you don't, it's hard for me to develop faith. I only use medicine in extreme circumstances. The plantar fasciitis that I had in this foot that I had, that I had. I went to a podiatrist, and they injected steroids into that uh, plantar fascia, and the swelling went down, and it alleviated the pain because I, I was having trouble walking. I was willing to go and get that shot to alleviate the pain, but I was still working my faith. I didn't trust that that shot was going to heal me. Well, you know what? After a period of time, the pain started to return, and I just worked my faith. 
Well, you know what? I've worked my faith until the pain ain't there no more. Amen. Now, if, if I need to, I'm not, I'm not telling you to do what I do. I'm just telling you why I do what I do and why I believe the Word of God says what it says. So anyway, it, this is important to our subject here because we're talking about the gifts and the ministries of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost don't want you doing things your way. If you do things your way, then you're not going to be able to do things his way. And you say, but pastor, you mean we got to get direction from the Lord on what we do concerning medicine, concerning the way we receive treatment, concerning wearing of masks? Because we, yes. How does it affect your faith? How does it affect how you see a God and what his word says? All right. And so, uh, so there's, a, there's a distinction as, as to why I believe some of these things I believe. Uh, understand this. I don't, I don't think that the, some of the conspiracies that people say are true. I, 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 do, I do believe probably the virus was grown in a laboratory somewhere. I do believe that it's straight from the pit of hell. I do believe that it was deadly to some people. Um, I do uh, believe that um, it existed I don't believe all that they said based on what I saw with my eyes when I was out. And, um, and, I, and, and because I believe the word of God. If, if, if they had said colds are running rampant this year, uh, be, be aware, be, be aware. I would have worked my faith against colds. I would have worked my faith against flu. I'd have, I worked my faith against cancer. I worked my faith against heart disease. I worked my faith against high blood pressure. I worked my faith against diabetes. I worked my faith against plant, plantar fasciitis. I worked my faith against tennis elbow. I worked my faith against uh, uh, indigestion. I worked my, are y'all hearing me? I worked my faith against constipation. I worked my faith against a uh, urinary tract infection. I worked my, I worked my faith, are y'all hearing me? I work the word of God, work my faith against these things. Now listen, look what it says here. Romans chapter 8. We'll start with verse 1. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. <laughs> Did you hear that? For the law of the spirit. There's a law of the spirit. Now, you're not under the law of Moses, the restricting confinement, but you are under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. In other words, if you're going to be under the influence of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, there's a law that has to be, ooh, there's a law that has to be followed and adhered to. In other words, you're not just going to, you're not just going to benefit from the things of the Spirit without obedience to the laws that govern. Amen. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. What's it made us free from? The law of sin and death. Well, you guess what? The law of sin introduced sickness. The law of sin introduced disease. The law of sin introduced death. The law of sin introduced all these things. So when we abide under this, the, the law of the Spirit, then now all of a sudden we're not governed by sin or by death. 
You know, you're not supposed to fear dying. That means when you get on an airplane, Miguel, tomorrow, don't, God don't, God don't want you getting on that airplane with, oh God. He, listen, sudden death, sudden glory. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. If I'm not here, I'm there. Glory to God. Amen. And I'm not trying to, listen, I'm not trying to get out of here early, but if I go, glory to God. If I go, I go. And if I stay, I stay. We used to sing a song in Spanish. Y si vivimos, para él vivimos. Y si vivamos, para él vivamos. <laughs> Amen. If we, if we live, we live for him. If we die, we die for him. No matter what we do. If, if, Amen. I, I, I wish I could remember the whole song. But so if, if whether I live, whether I die, I'm doing it for him. Amen. The life that I live is no longer my life. It's Christ. But now you say, yeah, but I, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm, we're going to use wisdom. Here's the deal. Don't, don't try to push off your wisdom as the wisdom of God, especially if it don't line up with his word. Again, you can do whatever you want to do, but just because you have your truth doesn't mean it's the truth and there's a lot of truth that we think is truth to us that we've tried to make the truth of God and we've watered down what God can do in and through us and and hindered his ability to do to do the things that he desires to do because we want to attach we want to attach the Holy Ghost to mask wearing we want to attach the Holy Ghost to vaccinations we want to attach the Holy Ghost to non-mask wearing. We, you, know, you know what I'm saying? We want to attach the Spirit of God to these, to these things. Now, is, is, there, uh, is there a way? Uh, here's the deal. What would Jesus do? Well, he'd be governed by the law of the Spirit of life in Christ. Amen. Because it's, it's in him. Amen. For what the law could not do in the... Are we, are we still there? Are you all still with me? Verse 3. For what the law... Could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Are you seeing this? You could Listen, in, these, in, these, in this chapter, everything I preach comes out of these. I mean, you can, you can tie everything I preach and have preached my whole life to Romans chapter 8. So uh, for they... Uh, they that are not at, uh, th for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Are you hearing this? For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Let me let me let you in on a little secret here, folks. If we're going to see the greater measure of God's glory manifested, then we're going to have to get over there in an extreme level of faith we're, we're going to have to get out there and we're going to have to start trusting god beyond what the previous generation has trusted him and i'm going to tell you right now when we look at the examples of the past people like people that let's just take people that had authority over sickness and disease let's take smith wigglesworth smith wigglesworth did not do things according to the flesh he didn't do things according to popularity he didn't do you know what he didn't do things according to, he didn't do things in a way that would make him appear uh, acceptable 
by uh, society standards. The dude walked into funerals, grabbed people out of caskets, tossed them against the wall, and told them to live. He did it. He turned them loose. They fell down, still dead. He picked them up again, told them to live. Dropped them. They fell dead again. Listen, he had two opportunities to get hauled off to the loony bin. But he grabbed them up again, and the third time he calls life into this individual, and they live. That's radical. That's radical. I'll be honest with you. I don't see Smith Wigglesworth wearing a mask. I don't, I don't see Lester Summerall wearing a mask. I don't see R.W. Schambach wearing a mask. I don't see A.A. A. Allen wearing a mask. I don't see Jack Coe wearing a mask. Anyone who I've ever seen have authority over sickness and disease, I guarantee you Jesus wasn't a mask wearer. Now, here's the thing. You're, you're, so you are against masks. No, I'm just telling you that when I look at Scripture, I think when you, when you go to putting, putting on these things and doing these things, then you're, you're leaning to, toward the flesh. Here's, here's my thing. If you're, if you're, and you can, you can wear a mask, but if you're a mask wearer, understand where you're at in your faith. And don't try to make everybody else feel bad because you're not. Anyway, this discussion came up about masks and, and uh, uh, I guess um, there was some contention, some disagreement. And the statement was made like this. Well, you have to use wisdom and you can tell you can tell, you know, y'all's church had two bouts where everybody in the church battled COVID. Um, so you can't say uh, that it's the will of God for you to not wear a mask. Oh, because we, because we had to fight with sickness? What did you think was going to happen? How exactly do you think you're going to raise the dead? You know how you're going you know to raise the dead? Oh, the queen is here. She has arrived. <laughs> uh, how do you think the dead are going to be? I'm going to give you a hint. You're going to lay hands on a dead person, and they're not, they're not going to move. First ten, of them may not, first 10 of them may not even twitch. But once you get in there and you start contending for the faith, you start contending for the faith. You start pushing for God. There's not going to be any dead raisings until people start going and putting their hands on dead people. Are you hearing me? So what are you going to do? You're going to have to push, and you're going to have to push, and you're going to have to push. Nobody's going to get healed of COVID if we're all... So you know what we do? We push, and we push, and we push, and we push. And we push. And we're not trying to alienate any. I'm not trying to alienate anyone. Again, you can wear. I don't care what you do. But if you get around me, this is what you're going to hear. And, and then you have to work it out. Because there's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Pastor Zig, what do we do if, you know, our job tells us to do, to do that? You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. If, if you want that job, wear a mask. If you want to eat at that restaurant, wear a That's what I did. <laughs> that's what I did. That's, put it on and go in and take it off. Uh, 
vaccination. Pastor, what, what about my, my job? What if they make me take the vaccination? It depends. Do you, how radical are you going to be about this? How strongly are the convictions in your heart toward this? See, that's, that's, what you have to, that's what you have to lean into. But I am telling you as your pastor and as the man of God, and, and as we read this scripture, you're going to see it, this scripture bears it out. If you're going to see the greater measure, like we're talking about in these, this series of meetings of, of the gifts of the Spirit and the manifestations of the Spirit and the ministries of the Holy Ghost, we're going to have to push farther than a, all these yahoos that are in leadership right now that shut their churches down and sat on couches and did church from a couch online. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not being ugly toward them. They did, they did what they knew to do. And guess what? That's, the, that's, that's why this generation is in the condition that it's in. Because there are a bunch of people in leadership that didn't have the, the guts. I could have said something else. Guts, butts, or coconuts. Amen. <laughs> they, 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 just, they just didn't have the wherewithal. You understand? Because their denomination was uh, beating down on them. Because the, uh, uh, there was social pressures. There was a, a, a pressure from a, a Facebook audience and from a social media audiences. And, they, and people succumb to that pressure. Listen, uh, the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is what makes me free from the law of sin and death. I've got to hang on to the word of God and to what God says. And, and the Bible, now again, here's, here's wisdom to me. Uh, by his stripes, ye were healed. Okay. Now, I'm not going to go around being um, crazy, uh, licking doorknobs, kissing strangers, and that's not what I'm going to do. But I am not about to change my whole life to facilitate some disease. I'm going to live my life by faith in the Son of God. Does that mean I won't, a sickness won't try to come on me? Sickness tries to come on me regular. Just like it tries to come on you. And we're going to treat every one of them the same. Amen. Are y'all hearing this today? The, the fact that COVID has tried to go through churches, whether they were mask wearing churches, whether they were non-mask wearing churches, whether they were uh, churches that took vaccination, that has nothing to do with what the, it's God's will for everyone to walk in divine health and wholeness, period. Mask or no mask. You know what? I'm, and I'm looking at Ted because we're a little hefty. It is not God's will for fat people to have diabetes. Some people say, change your lifestyle. Here's the thing. Okay, I agree. A lifestyle change is in order. If you're a diabetic and you're a fat person and you're drinking gravy for breakfast and, um, you know, if you're using gravy for mouthwash and, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, you, you know, you, uh, uh, and you, and biscuits, you use biscuits as a chaser for your salad. <laughs> You know, I, I, I agree. But you know what? God's not, God, uh, the word of God doesn't say that by the stripes of Jesus, 
you're healed unless your lifestyle. No, you can walk in divine health and divine wholeness and, um, and God will heal you. Your lifestyle may drag you back to that place. I've heard preachers say this. Uh, you, you, I hear the Lord say, you got knee trouble. Do you have knee trouble? Oh, yeah, I got knee trouble. Well, um, you know, the Lord says if you'll lose 200 pounds, uh, you won't have that knee trouble no more. And he'll heal you if you, but you're, you know, you're off in sin and off in this and that, whatever. And, uh, you know, they don't, they don't know, they don't know, you know, they're, they're, they're I mean, they're, they're talking, man, maybe, maybe, maybe what they're saying is really the word of the Lord. Maybe someone's in blatant sin. They're on my 600 pound life. You know, they ate Dr. Nauzarden or whatever. But um, I was I was ministering healing to someone that had a bad knee and they were heavy and I laid hands on them. I said, Lord's going to touch your knee and, and you're going to receive a healing. Immediately in my spirit, the Holy Spirit said, they don't think they can receive it because they're fat. I looked at him and I said, listen, you think you can't receive this because you're heavy. God will heal you whether you're heavy or not because, because knee problems knee problems and sickness and, and all this jacked up in your knee, uh, it has no right to be in your body because you're a believer in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Trust, the Lord, trust the Lord for a lifestyle change after you receive your healing. Amen. So it's just ridiculous what people are, what people are coming to. It's, amen. Let's read. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Why are you, why are you wearing a mask? That's what you have to find out. I don't wear, you know why I wear a mask? I wear a mask to eat. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I wear, a, I, wear, I, wear a, I wear a mask to eat. I wear a mask to go to concerts, to see my son at school. Some people wearing masks, why? Work. That's what you have to determine. Talisha, something's hitting you right there. It's like you're getting a revelation. Why you wear it? See, that's the thing. Why you wearing it? Does it have to do with the does it have to do with death and dying? Does it have to do with sickness, infirmity? What does it have to do with? That's that ought to be your concern. That's that's why I tell you, I'm not against mask wearing because we wore them on the airplane to get from here to Michigan. Why? Because we had to. But I wasn't wearing it because I, I thought it's going to save me. I have a Savior. Amen. His name is Jesus. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Pastor, you sound like you'd go into an into a, uh, infectious disease center without fear. Absolutely I would. Well, th th you might, you might, you might uh, contract something. Absolutely, you're right. I might could if 
maybe, possibly, depends. Doesn't mean, even if I contract it, doesn't mean it's going to have authority over me. Even if it tries, because you know what? Sickness is going to try to come. But someone's got, someone's got to learn how to fight the battle. Someone's got to take the step to get aggressive. Uh, you know, John G. Lake, John G. Lake, um, that, that man, you know what he said about medicine? And I'm not, listen, I'm just talking, I'm just talking about these things. You know, th there's some people, they want to heal the sick like John G. Lake. Here's what John G. Lake said. John G. Lake said he wouldn't even throw, he said, uh, he said, he said, you shouldn't, you shouldn't take that damnable medicine, that satanic concoction. He said, I wouldn't even throw medicine in the trash can out of respect for the trash can. That those were his ideas. Now, you know what? His ideas were more radical than most people's were concerning divine healing. But you know what? The dude, the dude took and put the black plague on his hand and it died. Him and his team went to Africa and hauled a bunch of people out of there that had the black plague. No masks, no hazmat suits, dragged their butts out of, out of villages and buried these people. There's a reason why John G. Lake had a successful ministry of ministering healing to the sick and why he told people during his life, if you come to my church and you stay here for three months, if after three months you don't receive your healing, I will, how much did he say he'd give them? $10,000? I will, and it, it, it equated to a million dollars of our dollars. I will give you $10,000 if you stay sick after being in my church for three months. People came took him up on it and every last one of them were healed they opened up healing rooms they had healing practitioners healing technicians <laughs> that's what they called them <laughs> amen now let me ask you a question how far you think we're going to get if we're masking up for fear So why you why you mask it up? Why, it's uh, some some that that took the uh, what do you call it again? Vaccination. Vaccination. Why? Why did you take it? Most of you, most of you, if you did take it and it was against your will, um, there was a wrestling match. You had to determine what's the best course of action. Contrary to popular belief, those of you that took the vaccination to keep your job are not going to take the mark of the beast. Because you're not that stupid. I know, I know what people are saying. I know people are, eh, you'll take that, you'll take the mark. No, you won't. It's, it's not the same thing. <laughs> it's not the same thing. You know, you, you went through the whole deal. Now, honestly, me, and I'm just radical this way, and I'll, I'll tell you what your pastor would have done, honestly. Doesn't mean you have to do it. And it doesn't mean that, that, that you're, but I, you have to remember, I've been in the ministry my whole life. I'd, I'd, have, been, I'd have pulled a, uh, a Johnny Paycheck on him. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. You remember that dude? <laughs> I think he died of COVID. Anyway, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just playing. No. 
I didn't know we'd be on this. Is this helping anybody? It's, it's making some things clear, right? Listen, I never, 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 ever, never, ever believe that any of you would be protected if we came together wearing masks. I thought it was more important for us to believe the Word of God. I didn't believe we were any safer not meeting than we were by meeting. You know why? Because we was going out anyway. He was going out anyway. How do you know your dasher wasn't sick? You know good and well them people that were working during the pandemic, some of them got sick and they went to work anyhow because they needed the money. Come on, y'all. Are you, do y'all live in, in reality? Have you ever worked fast? Any of y'all ever worked fast food? I worked fast food a couple times. Do you know when we worked, think about working fast food. Think about that. How many people came sick? A lot. Why? I need the money. I can't afford to take off. They sent their kids to school sick. Why? Because they couldn't, they couldn't do daycare. When you, when you believe, when you be, if you're going to believe something, just don't believe a lie. Just don't lie to yourself. That, that's, that's why I get up here and I say these things. And, it's, and, you, and you all know. I said, if you get, get COVID, if you test positive for COVID, don't come to church with a positive test for COVID. Do you know why? Now, it, I'm not protected. It's not I'm protecting nobody. I don't want the hassle. I don't want the hassle for people. And I have to put up with it anyhow. They gave me COVID. Well, you got B.O. You've had B.O. all the time. You've come to church. And nobody said nothing to you. <laughs> anyhow. <laughs> I love you. I'm just playing. I love you. <laughs> Again, you, you hear me, right? Yeah. Melody, when you, came, when you came back at, from after having COVID, you wore a mask for a couple Sundays, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, one Sunday. You know what? I didn't ask her why. I, I just respected her, you know, and, I, and you know what I tried to do? I tried to maintain, uh, you know, just I didn't, I didn't know what she's looking for. So you know what? I, I tried to respect, I tried to respect Melody because I love her. Yeah, you test positive for COVID. Yeah. So we didn't, there's, there's, there's several here test positive for COVID. But here's the thing. Uh, uh, am, am I being disparaging toward Melody? No. Because if Melody had been with me during the pan, pandemic, I'd have been wearing, we'd been wearing a mask, we'd have been going out to eat, you'd have seen me with mine. And I wore an ugly one. I wore one of Gene Simmons with his tongue sticking out. Just, I thought if I'm going to wear one, I'm going to wear one that's in your face. On the airplane, I'm like, <laughs> that's, what, that's what it looked like I was doing, except it was ugly. 
So to be carnally minded, that's why we've got to be spiritually minded. If, we, if we're carnal, then we open up the door to the law of sin and death. But we're not going to be carnally minded. That's why we're not going to argue with people about mask wearing. That's why we're not going to argue with people about, um, about uh, vaccinations. If someone says, well, let's go. I think we need to vaccinate. Tell them, go for it. If they get mad at you, why are you talking about masks? And here's what you do. You say, I, I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I, 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 I'm, I ruffled your feathers. I'm, I love you. I don't want to break up this friendship over a mask. And then buy him a mask or two. You, you know what I'm saying? Buy him a Send him a box. Here, a peace offering. Here's a box of masks. <laughs> I was wearing a mask in the hangar the other day. But it's because I was removing... <laughs> I, was, I was removing uh, some old uh, uh, adhesive and uh, using some chemicals that smell nasty and aren't good for you. Okay, let's, let's read on. We've only got a couple more minutes here. Because the carnal, in, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. Are you seeing this? The carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are not, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we, whereby we cry out the Father. The Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if we are children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestations of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. In other words, the whole, all of creation is waiting for us to rise up and be who we are, because it gets better for ho the whole creation when we walk in our dominion. The dirt feels better when we live in our place in Christ. You know, this doctor's office, this, this former doctor's office, is tickled pink that we're up in here. Better than what was in here before. If this wood could holler, it would be hollering, praise the Lord. It would be shouting at me, amen, brother. Because the very nails that, that hold this place together are happy that we abide here because there's something different about us. It affects things in a, in a amen. All right, uh, for we know the whole creation groaneth and travaileth and pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. 
But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. So in other words, what we're, what we're, we're striving toward things that have not yet come. We have a hope. We have faith. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Are you all understanding these verses? Uh, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he, he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, inter, uh, make, he, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and them he, those who he called, uh, them he also justified, and those who he justified, them he also glorified. What? Okay, now this is where it gets real good. What? <laughs> what shall we then say to all these things that he just said? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us? Uh, us all things who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect it's God that justifieth who is he that condemneth it is Christ that died right, right yea rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us who shall separate us from the love of God or from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written look what it says as it is written say this with me say as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. What does that mean? What does that mean, Ted? Let's read it in another version in case we misunderstood it. <laughs> Let's read it in the English standard. Let's see if the English standard version says anything different. As, as, it, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Maybe, maybe we reread it in Amplified. That will say something that makes us feel better about it. Something that we can, you know, come up with something witty and um, get us out of being uh, in danger. All right, Amplified Classic says this, even as it is written, for thy sake we are put to death all the day. Well, it doesn't get any better, does it? We are regarded and counted as sheep for slaughter. When you serve the Lord, you're going to endure, when you do it right, you're going to endure persecution. You're going to go through peril. You're going to go through difficulty. People are going to come against you. Here's the thing. You have, to, you have to be ready for that. You know what? When you're going through difficulty, be like, I knew it was coming. We've, we've got to, you know, if you hang out with people that, that um, are, you know, some people, like this individual told me they were hanging out with this person and they had this mask blow up with them. I said, listen, you know where these folks stand. Why do you act surprised? We got to quit acting surprised when, 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 
I wish some of you that had a different opinion than I have on this or a different perspective would, I, I, I would hope that you wouldn't feel like that we would browbeat you to death. And I would, I would love to hear your, if you have a different way to look at this and you think you can bring some, 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 uh, uh, another perspective and some wisdom to what I'm saying, don't ever be afraid to do that. I will not, I'm, I'm open. I really am. I'm open. And I'm just telling you why I, why I believe where I believe, why I stand where I stand, and why I think this way. But here's, here's the thing, church. I, I, don't, I don't want to alienate people because of their ideas about mask wearing. That is so petty. Now, I want to encourage them. Why are you wearing? I mean... If, if, they, if they're going to ask, I'm like, well, why are you wearing it? I mean, it's a, it's a simple question. Is it fear? Is it death? Do you think of dying? Or you, are you think you're protecting? Because, what, what, but what does the Bible say? You know, what, what, where does the word of God stand on, on that? Now, are you wearing it, you know, to get into the theater, to, to walk at Disney? Why? You have to examine your own heart. I can't, I can't tell you one way or the other what's in your heart. Only you and God know. Does, do, do, does anyone want to add anything? Does it, can anyone bring another perspective? I mean, is it, does it, or do you got, are y'all pretty much understanding what I'm saying? And, but do you have another perspective? Do you, do you have another view? Because I'm, I'm looking around, honestly, and I'm, I'm not picking on any, but culturally, there are a lot of differences. Because you go into the black community, it's a different thing. Big time different. You go into the Hispanic. In Puerto Rico, dude, they're still masking up. Puerto Rico, they shut, they shut them down. I mean, literally at Puerto Rico, if you had a number on your license plate that ended in an even number, you could go out on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Oh, no. You could go out. How was it, mama? Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you had an uh, odd number, you could go out on the other days, and no one could go out on Sunday. reservations right now shut down still still many of them Arizona right now shut down I mean shut plumb down um, so different cultures believe you know why the, you know why the natives why they shut down because they think so highly of their elders and they you know they've been told that it, it kill elderly people my mother I don't she probably don't want me telling this my mother I hope she don't watch this video She turned 80 to guess what? Just before her 80th birthday, she got the Rona. When she called me up after she had COVID, she was as giddy as a schoolgirl, laughing, telling jokes. I hadn't heard my mother laugh since March of 2020. She. <laughs> Come on, Melody. She <laughs> gave <laughs> she got a good. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> anyway, so she hadn't, she hadn't, she hadn't laughed, joked, hadn't been jovial since March 2020. And I know I'm, I'm not, I'm not really talking about. I'm trying to talk about the gifts and the ministries of the Holy Spirit and how certain mindsets are affect God's uh, ability to do what we're really asking Him to do. 
we, we got to get radical in our faith. We got to get radical in our pursuit of these things. But anyway, my mother, she's, she's giddy. She's had, I've talked to her three times since she had the Rona. She is, she is giggling and laughing and just having a, it's like, finally, man, uh, we figured it out. You know why she's happy? She didn't die. She thought she would die. She believed what they had said and that she would die. And she's like, all I, I, she said, I lost about two weeks of my memory, but she said, that's better than dead. I was like, yeah. I said, it is, Mom. I said, see, I told you it wouldn't kill you. She's like, but you know, you hear all that. I said, I know, Mama. But you got to do what you got to do. And she did. She stayed home. I reckon she won't stay home much longer. All right, so let's finish this up. I'm going to read the rest of this, and we'll be done. And, um, so we're, we definitely... Uh, yeah, man, we're we're we we're in danger. We're in danger uh, in the natural, in the eyes of people, and somewhat we are in danger because the devil he wants. Do you know the devil wants to kill you every day? Every day the devil is plotting your demise. Every day weapons are being formed against. I know. I, I don't say this much because I'm I'm an, I'm the eternal optimist. I don't. I'm I'm not pessimistic. I don't I don't usually bring the negative. But truth be told, devil's plotting against you right now. He hopes to kill you before your next birthday. The sooner the better. He hates you. He hates what you represent. He knows who you belong to. And he hates who you belong to. You took his place. He used to be the worship leader of heaven. Now you're the worship leaders of heaven. And he, you got everything he wanted. He don't like you, he never has liked you, and he's plotting against you, and if he could, he would take you out today. Guess what? He can't. Because greater is he that is in you. COVID came, it fought, it lost. For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am fully persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory to God, I rest my case. Amen. So that we're in that dispensation of the Spirit. Boy, I didn't even get anywhere new, did I, Ayla? Ha, ha, ha. It, can I? Well, let me see. I got two more, three more minutes, right? Wait, let me, can I, can I just say one last thing? Because, and it's a, uh, I don't even know my own code here. So we talked about this being dispensation. So we're now living in the dispensation of the grace of the Spirit. While living in, in his own dispensation with him. See, this is the dispensation of the Spirit. We're working with, he, this is his time. That's what that means. This is his time. When Jesus said, I'm going to go and I'm going to send another comforter that he may abide with you forever. That was the end of Jesus' earthly ministry and it was the beginning of the dispensation or the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Oh, 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 oh. 
This is the dispensation of the Spirit. And along with the Spirit come demonstrations and gifts and manifestations and ministries. And their source is the Holy Ghost. And you are the... Uh, glory to God. Hallelujah. You are the candidates. You are the ones who will work together with Him. Amen. You are the ones whom He will demonstrate Himself through. He will reveal Himself in new and more powerful and more demonstrative ways than this world has ever seen before. You uh, will work together with Him because that's what He wants to do. Amen. We can expect His wounds to be greater than ever before. 1 Peter 4.10 uh, says this. It says, As every man hath received the gift... Even so, minister the same one to another. To me, this is one of the most precious verses of Scripture that has been delivered to us from the Word of God. Those who have received the gifts should minister the same. If you've received the gifts, whatever gift it is, you should minister the same. I believe that, any, that anything that has been given to us was given to us from God to share. God does not dig holes and bury things. <laughs> He is not a cover-up man. That's the devil's business. God is a revealer. A revealer of interior workings of human beings. Are you hearing this? Say this with me. Say, God is a revealer. The revealer of the interior workings of human beings. That means when we go and we talk to people and we say, don't tell anybody. That's not the Holy Spirit working. That's another spirit working. Keep this to yourself. This is between you and me. See, we think, here's what we do. We say, I'm just a private person. I just don't want anybody to know me. Listen, the Holy Ghost is the revealer. Before he ever starts revealing through you, he's going to reveal in you. Amen. I can't hide nothing from, listen, I can't hide nothing from y'all. Y'all know, y'all know it all. Y'all know, I've already told you. Y'all, y'all like, oh, why don't Pastor Ziggy have nobody at his house? Why don't, why don't I have nobody at my house? Anybody know? <laughs> I don't like people at my house. I just don't like, it's my house. I, it's the only place I have to go. That's, I've told y'all that. I've told y'all, I was a private person. That didn't, that didn't work the work. That kept me from being a pastor. That kept me from being for you what I needed to. Amen. I sit back there in that office. Everybody and their grandmother come through that office. That's why I leave the door open. Because you know what? That's, that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to be hidden in the... There's never going to be a time where we got seven people usher me out of here so that nobody can talk to me. That's not the nature of ministry. You're going to see me at my best and you're going to see me at my worst. Amen. 
And we're going we're gonna to celebrate Jesus together. Because when you see me at my worst, you're going to be like, ooh, I see you, Jesus. And when I'm my best, you're going to be like, ooh, I see you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right now. <laughs> It'll give you confidence. It'll give you confidence that God can do for you what he did for me. Because there's nothing different about me than there is about you. It, you, you see it all. And that, that's the way it is. And now I'm, we're transparent. We're not naked. We, you know what I'm saying? But that's the nature of this. So, so I'll read this last paragraph. We'll be done. Some of us have never considered this, whole, this in, our, in our whole walk with Christ. God is, the, is a revealer. He's not a hider. It's the devil that wants things hidden and covered up. Uh, when we're disconnected from the Spirit, we go out of our way to do all we can to cover things up. We don't realize that what some of us call being a private person is really a bad spirit working to keep us in bondage. Uh, it's why many squirm away from the manifestation of the Spirit. Why some will disappear from church when going through difficult times. You know where I'm at during difficult times? Right here. Not just at church. I'm up here preaching. And y'all will hear about it too. Because I'm up here preaching what God's talking to me about. <laughs> if you want to know what God's talking to me about in my personal life, just listen to me preach. Why do you think I'm preaching on this right here? <laughs> uh, Tyler, you read all this, right? So anyway, I'm going to quit there. Well, no, I'm going to quit. Y'all have heard it. Anyway, did, did, I, did, did I help you at all anymore oh, yeah. on that? We did. We got in some other stuff, didn't we? Any other questions before we're... <laughs> People are like, oh, no, no questions. We're done, Pastor. We're done. <laughs> Put a fork in his brother. <laughs> I was just trying to cover a couple of paragraphs. And we went off on another. But... That's, that's what I want you to see. This, this COVID thing is our training ground. We can, we can really break out. Um, it's really been our training ground. And uh, uh, I think an effort on the part of the Lord uh, to get his people in gear uh, to do great things uh, for his glory and in his name. Amen. Uh, I, I admire the way many of you have handled this. Some of you, uh, <laughs> you have grown a lot over the course of 10 years. And well, had we gone through that COVID thing first year, some of you may not have been back to Winter's Church at all. But because we love one another, we put up with one another, we love the Lord, and we do put up with one another. Yes, Amen. Yes, Don't we? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm putting up with y'all sometimes. And I mean, <laughs> I do. I feel, there are times I feel that way. Um, and I'm not, it's not a burden. It really isn't. You deserve grace. Okay. You deserve it. Um, it's not that you won't get a rebuke sometimes. You know, we all get rebuked sometimes. But you know, I'm not. I'm. I'm if I say something, it's in love. Amen. No additions. No subtractions. No retractions. Yeah. That recovered. Yes. They recovered. Yes. Amen.
Maybe there's people that are ashamed that they had COVID. Don't tell anyone I had COVID. What's the shame? Is there shame? Well, I'm not ashamed. I mean, I, I, I've, I didn't test, but uh, I'm sure that I had to fight with it. I'm sure of it. I'm positive I had a fight with it. But um, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to say, me and the devil had a tussle and I won. Me and the devil had a tussle, and I won. Me and the devil, we both agree. I hate him, and he hates me. Me and the devil, we had a tussle, and I won. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, <laughs> praise God. Thank you. All right, let's, let's pray. Anyone need prayer? Anyone got anybody that needs prayer? How's Rick? Is he at home? That's the second time you found him, third time you found him passed out, isn't it? Good gracious. Nakia's like an angel coming in there rescuing this man. 